Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. You know, and it's, be, and it's because it took me so long to find out that God is a good God. And so we're going to talk, and, and I, I know I, I ministered, I went back and I looked and I ministered something along the, goodness of, line, the, uh, the lines of the goodness of God back in February this year. But, you know, the Bible talks about being provoked unto good works. Well, I heard a message from a pastor on TV this week that provoked me. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about the goodness of God because I could not believe what I was hearing. I thought this man does not have any understanding of the fact that God is always good, that God is not in the bad. He has nothing to do with the bad, but he will take the bad and turn it into something good. That he is not the author of it. He's not the initiator of it. He's not pleased with it. It's not in his plan. This gentleman said he, he, he... he was his whole series. He's in this little series, and, and this particular one, this particular session that he was doing, was about why people suffer. Well, I know why people suffer, but during this message, and I actually recorded it. But in this message, he said something like he. It was close to the, around the time of the uh, anniversary of nine eleven, and he made the statement, you know, that we don't understand why God allows these to happen, these things to happen. But in the middle of all this, so much, there was so much good that came out of people. And I'm going, what? And he was talking about how people began to help one another, you know, and, and, and just be there for one another. And, you know, the heroic acts that people did. And I'm thinking, that's wonderful, but that still has nothing to do with the reason it happened. You know, I, I'm thinking, do you not read your Bible? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief. Is that a term we apply to God? No. So obviously it's not God. And if it's not good, it's not God. There's, there's, there's your basic premise right there. If it's not good, it's not God. And I just began to look at it and I thought, okay, he has never understood the fact that when God created the world, he gave authority to man, man gave it to the devil, and the devil is now the leaseholder on this world until Jesus comes back. Nothing about that was ever said. And you see, I didn't, I didn't know that. I grew up not knowing that. I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I saw things happening all around me. And, you know, as a kid growing up and as a, and as a young adult and, and things that were happening that were bad to good people. And, and it, it just, I was like, okay, question, 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 question. I grew up in a world where if something bad happened to somebody, they were, the answer was, well, you, we, don't always, we don't always understand the will of God. We don't under, always understand what God's plan is. We just have to trust that he knows better than we do, that his ways are higher than our ways. And, I'm, and it never sat well with me. I thought, how can that possibly be? I am supposed to know God the Father and know him well enough to understand what he's doing. I might not have all the answers in life, but I know this one thing. God 
is a good God. There is no question in my mind whether God is a good God or not. And God is not schizophrenic. He's not good today and tomorrow he's going to have a bad day. He's not on on my side today and generous with me today and tomorrow he's going to take it all away. He didn't take it away from Job. Job opened a door for the devil and he said himself, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. There is no faith in that statement. You need to be careful in your life that you don't open the door to things because you feared them, that they might come upon you. You know, that there's, there's a lot of ways you can apply that. For instance, uh, my father had Parkinson's, and Parkinson's is, is a genetic disease. And there has been times the enemy has come to me and, and, and said, you're going to get Parkinson's. When you get older, you're going to get Parkinson's. And I just have to say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Don't open a door. Don't open a door of fear for him to use. Because you'd look down the rock line radar and, you could, and you could, the, the world would tell you, well, you know, you know, God must have a plan here. No, the devil had a plan for me. And I opened the door and let him walk right in with his plan and let him take control of the situation just like Job did. But you, how many of you know this? The end of Job's story was he was restored. He got twice as much in the end. God turned the captivity of Job when Job began, when he recognized what he had done and began to fall back on on his God. So I want you to know that God is a good God. That has to be firmly and forever established in your life, in your thinking, in your heart. Because you're going to be tested and tried over the years of your life to decide whether whether you're going to say, well, is this God? Is this... The world will put those thoughts in you. Even some of the church world will try to tell you that this is the plan of God somehow. That we don't always understand it. But we, just, we, just, we just have to trust him. We just have to trust him. We just have to trust Listen, I trust him with my very life. But I trust him enough to know that every plan he has for me has good in it. Good is attached to it. Good is it's wrapped up in it. It's, it's all tangled up in it. It is nothing but good that he has for me. That's all there is to it. Go to Second Chronicles 641. Let me grab my glasses. Hallelujah. I look a lot smarter with glasses on, don't you think? <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 6 and 41. It says, Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. Let your saints rejoice in goodness. See, when I am totally convinced that God is good, he's always good, he's nothing but good, I rejoice in his goodness. Now, if you can't rejoice in his goodness, you're not going to see his goodness. You're going to be talked out of his goodness. You're going to question his goodness. You're going to wonder about his goodness. But let's see, when you see it, you're going to say, oh, God is good. Isn't that what it says over in Psalm 34, 8? Taste and see that the Lord is good. It didn't say taste and see if you can find out. It just taste and see that he is good. Hallelujah. What is goodness? Generosity, kindness, quality, excellence, that which is beneficial and useful. 
Listen, a good apple is a quality apple. A good apple is a beneficial apple. A good gift is a beneficial gift. One that's useful. See, God wants everything he wants to give you is useful. Everything he wants to give you is good for edification, exhortation. It's good to build you up. It's good for your life. It's good for your family. It's good, it's good for your spiritual health. It's good for everything about you. Everything about it is good. You don't take a gift that God gives you and turn around, there's a bruise on one side or a worm sticking out of it, you know, or a bad spot in it. You know, it's really annoying to get a piece of fruit of some kind and find out that, that you thought was all good, and you open it up and go, oh, no. I did that with an avocado the other day, and I was so aggravated. Op- opened that thing up, and here I was. I am ready to eat this thing, and it was half bad. I was just, I wanted to go back to the store and say, do you know how to pick out avocados so you don't put this kind of stuff in the bin? But you know what? Don't look at anything God ever gives you. And think that anything's going to be wrong with it because nothing is going to be wrong with it. If God is giving it to you, everything about it is good. Everything he does is goodness. And go with me to Hebrews eleven six. You know, I'm sure you know this verse well. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, let's put this into the context of goodness. You have to believe that God is good and that he is a rewarder. He is a generous giver of good to you. Always. He is good, and he is generous in his goodness to you. Hallelujah. It's not, it's not an option, but it is a choice on your part to believe that. You know, sometimes people don't want to take responsibility for the things that happen in their lives because it don't look too good. Listen, when something's coming my way and it doesn't look too good, there's, there's, there's two sources of the fact that it's not good. The devil's number one, and I'm number two. You know, the enemy wants to, wants to, to throw things at you right and left. But isn't it, let's see, uh, let me find it here. I, my, my notes are a total disaster because I got on a real roll here in the office a few minutes ago. But um, uh, let's see. Uh, let me find it, let me find it. Oh, gracious. I'll find it in a few minutes. We'll come back to it. How about that? Listen, everything God originally created was good and is good. But when the enemy got involved in it, in things, he took a lot of what God intended for good and he, and he perverted those things. You know, there are, there are times I wonder, now, God, did, did you create roaches for a good purpose? And the enemy perverted that. Hmm. Well, see, the snake was a good animal. And then, you know, we've associated the snake with the devil ever since the Garden of Eden. You know, so I think there are some creations that were meant for another purpose that the enemy has subverted and changed. But there are times spiders and roaches and fleas and mosquitoes make me wonder. 
where they came from. <laughs> but see, what God always intended was good. If you go back into the book of Genesis, it says he created this and he saw that it was good. He did this and he saw that it was good. He did this and he saw that it was good. He did this, he saw that it was good. See, he started out showing the fact that he's good because everything he does had a stamp of good on it. Not just okay, not just, hmm, that's kind of a mediocre, but we'll let it go. We'll, we'll let it slide. It's good enough. No, everything God did was good. So in the beginning, he meant for good. And honestly, when we get to heaven, we know everything there is going to be good. But in the meantime, between creation and the time we all go to heaven, God intends for us to live a good life. A really good life. Not just a so-so life. Not just a, well, I can make it today life. Not just we'll have to get by so-and-so somehow, some way, some other. You know, we used to sing when I was growing up in the sweet by and by. It'll all be better over there. Some glad morning, some glad morning. I thought, you don't have any glad mornings here then, do you? If you're only looking at the one glad morning, it's when, when he comes back. But listen, just, you know, the song I'm thinking of, just a few more weary days and then. We changed that, that a long time ago when we used to sing it around here because it's such an old song. Change it, just a few more happy days than then. You, know, you shouldn't look at anything in this life as weary or bad or troublesome, you should look at it as, I serve a good God who's going to put me over. He intends for you to walk in the fullness of his goodness every single day. Uh, Ezra 8, 22, you don't have to turn it, it says, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. Is the hand of the Lord on you? Well, his hand is there for good, for you that seek him. Hallelujah. Goodness has to be on display in your life. Has to be. If you know God, if you're serving God, goodness has to be on display. Now, can we walk in degrees of goodness? I believe we do. Because sometimes we fail to understand just how good he is, that he's still good in this situation. If we truly believed God was always good in every situation, without any, without any thought to anything else, we would never have a problem receiving our healing. We'd never have a problem receiving a need met of any kind. We would just say, God is so good, I know it's taken care of, I know it's done, it's mine, and we would just go on about our business. God wants you to be the great display case of his goodness. He wants you to put on a show of his goodness to other people. See, one of the things that should be the characteristic and a trait of every, every born-again person is that God is able to show himself strong, to show himself good, to demonstrate it in such a way that other people can easily see it. Easily see it. Hallelujah. Oral Roberts used to have a saying, he said, something good is about to happen to you. And see, we need to live our life going, something good's about to happen to me. I'm walking in goodness now, something else, something really good is about to happen to me. It's happening every, everywhere I turn, everywhere I go. Around every corner, there's goodness waiting for me. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Isn't that what Psalmist David said? Surely, surely. Not just, well, I hope so. 
No, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not just a few of them. Not just when I'm old and gray and I'm not there yet. But surely it will follow me. We have to have more faith. We have, I think the way I wrote this is you have more, the more faith you have in his goodness, the greater your expectation of his goodness. See, sometimes people don't expect God to be good, for them, good to them and good for them. But if we ha- use our faith and put our faith in the fact that he is good, We'll see more of that goodness. We'll experience more of that goodness. We'll walk in more of that goodness. Hallelujah. The greater your expectation, the more access he has to do greater good for you. See, some people just don't believe for enough. And and why? That's that's a good question because sometimes we let our our minds wander into areas like, well, you know, I got myself into certain things and so I don't deserve God to be good to me. Put that nasty thought where it belongs. The blood of Jesus paid a price for you and you deserve every bit of God's goodness. And don't let the enemy try to talk you out of the fact that you can walk in, the, in his goodness every single day. Don't settle for less than what God wants you to have. If you don't have a great expectation of his goodness, he can't open it up to you. You know, I, I'm, I'm just standing here thinking of, you know, times when you, you got something that you want to get to and it's just, just a little little crack, you know. And so we just kind of want to get through the little crack and just kind of grab something and pull it out. Okay, that, I'm satisfied with that. No, I want to swing the door wide open. You know, and find out everything that's behind that door waiting for me. And so your faith will open those doors of goodness to you. It'll open up the windows of heaven to you. But if you don't have a greater expectation, then you won't walk in the greater parts of his goodness. His goodness is so infinite and so unlimited. We have no concept of how unlimited he wants to be to us in his goodness. So we have to access it. By using our faith and saying, I expect bigger things than, than I had yesterday. I will expect more tomorrow than I have today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my expectors going, you know, so that I can have anything and everything and all the things he wants for me in the measure that he wants me to have. Because we're the ones who limit how much God's goodness can operate in our lives. Not him. You know, we're, we're the ones who put the limiters on. Kind of like a governor. I remember the old church bus. You remember that old church bus we had? And for a long time it had the governor on it, and you couldn't get it. It was, it was placed so that it would not, you could not get it to go over, I don't know, like about 62, you know, something like that. Listen, take the governor off. Let that thing go wide open. God wants to take you down the highway of life at full speed with no governors on them. He wants you to experience the wind in your, in your hair, you know, just flowing with the goodness of God, just letting it blow through your life. Hallelujah. Just experiencing it without bugs in your teeth, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 27, 30, 13 says, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, there's goodness waiting for you in heaven, but there's goodness waiting for you now. Hallelujah. We should be more puzzled when we don't see his goodness 
than when we do. Shouldn't take us by surprise. We should, you know, we should look at things that are good and go, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, just what I expected. And then when it's not there, going, okay, what's wrong? What's hindering, what's hindering the flow of the goodness here? What's, what's the problem? And you go find the problem and fix it. Listen, Jesus, he said that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Another place, it says Jesus went in Acts 10.38, it says Jesus went about doing good. Now, you combine that with if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you combine that with some other verses in the the book of John where it says, I came to do the will of my Father. I came to do the will of my Father. You've seen me. You see what I do. You see how how I act. You see the things that, that I do. Then you have seen the Father. You've seen what he wants to do. Jesus went about doing good. Good. There should be no question in our mind. See, that's, that's really what I want to get over to you tonight, is there should be no question in your mind about whether God is good. You, you get tempted to believe anything else. Okay, this isn't going to this isn't going to come through. This isn't going to happen. I can't believe for this. I can't. Uh, 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 uh. Go back to the fact that God is good. Jesus came to do the will of the one who sent him. And then it went out, goes on, and it says over in uh, in Hebrews that Jesus, the Father, He is the Father. He came to this earth. He is the second person of the Godhead, but he came. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was Jesus. It also in Hebrews says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no changeableness in this. James talks about the fact that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above in whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. See, he's gone above and beyond what we should need to reassure us that he is good, he will always be good, he will never change, he will never change his mind about being good. In every situation, we can expect him to act like his nature is, and his nature is nothing but goodness. And when you hear somebody talk about God in, in those terms of, uh, well, we, you know, we shouldn't always understand the will of God. Yeah, I do. His will is always to be good to me. His will is to always provide good for me. His will is for always for me to walk in his goodness. Every, every time, everywhere I go. Hallelujah. Um, Let's see. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, there are people who will argue with you about this. But don't let them argue with you about this. Just say, speak the word. Just speak the word. Then your life should be a testimony of what you're saying. Your life should back up that word. Because the word is backing you up. It's a two-way street. So why don't we see goodness in, in some people's lives? Well, to be honest with you, if you're concerned about why you don't see somebody, the goodness of God evidence somebody else's life, here's a good thing to remember. It's none of your business. Now, we can, we're not supposed to judge. 
And sometimes, you know, it's pretty obvious, you know, maybe somebody's not serving God like they ought to. It's pretty obvious, but really it's not really any of our business. Our business should concern us and us alone. If there's not a lot of goodness showing up in my life, I need to find out where the problem is. Well, where is the problem when I don't see his goodness like I ought to? Number one, I'm not trusting him for his goodness. I have let that revelation of the fact that he's a good God slip somehow. Maybe I've missed his direction somewhere. Maybe I've missed a leading of the Spirit somewhere. Maybe I was just strictly just hard-headed and disobedient. Anybody but me ever been there? Uh-huh. And then I, So there's no reason to wonder at that point why I'm not seeing his goodness to the extent that I'd like to. It's because, you know, it kind of falls on my shoulders. See, the responsibility is always ours. And that's the, that's the hard part with, with people is that nobody wants to take responsibility f- for things that don't go as well as they should. But, you know, again, when I go back and I see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he's not a man that he should lie, that he's the great I am who changes not, then that gives me a reassurance, to be honest with you, because who am I to change God? If that was true and God was changeable, who am I to change his mind about anything? But when I understand that he is always the same, that he never changes, then that puts the ball back in my court. And thankfully, I know I can change me. It's completely within my power to change me. Some things I will need his help to change, and he is already there to help me. Because of his goodness. See, but it's always at my door. If I'm not seeing it, it's at my door. Not somebody else's door, not at God's door, my door. Hallelujah. Lack of anything in our lives is not in the plan or the will of God. You know, and go with me to Malachi 2.17. Hallelujah. Matthew and hang a left. Sometimes we don't experience the good of God, goodness of God because of the things we say, the words that come out of our mouth. In this verse it says, You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, Wherein have we wearied him? When you say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or... Where is the judgment of God? When you start questioning things, when you, when you hear somebody say, oh, well, you know, some, this, this, this thing happened, well, it must be God. No, that's wearying God with your words. And he's, he's like, really? Come on, guys. Do you not know me better than that? See, and that really is a problem that a lot of people have is they don't know him well enough to know that he's strictly a good God of goodness. If you could become really acquainted with God, you'll become acquainted with the fact that he is and always will be good. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are you expecting? Listen, he wants to take you places, connect you to people, put blessing in your life, lay out a path of goodness that is overwhelming in its scope. Doesn't Ephesians say that he will do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think? Sometimes we're just not asking big enough. Sometimes we're not thinking big enough. 
But when our thoughts become just like his thoughts, we're going to see ourselves in a new light. We'll see our lives in a new way. We'll see the intention that God has for us in a new way. Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Does that sound like something good? I would say yes. Hallelujah. You know, I just have to go around saying, you know, you're so good to me, Lord. When we sing several songs around here about he's been good to me, there'll be a line in the song about, you know, I know this one thing I know, you've been good to me. And that's the important thing. This one, I may not know a whole lot, but this one thing I know, you've been good to me. And when you, you get tempted to think that something is other, you need to go back and rehearse some of the bad spots in your life where God's goodness just came like a bright shining star into that situation and changed everything. You know, look at, look at Joseph. If you go, want to go over to Genesis, you can look at Joseph and look at all the things that happened to him and God turned everything. In fact, it's Genesis chapter 50, the last book of Genesis... Hallelujah. Joseph has been talking to his brother. Now, let's face it. Joseph had a lot of opportunities to kind of wonder where the goodness of God was. And when he takes his, his brothers and his brothers sell him into slavery, that was a terrible thing to do. You know, for somebody to be sold in slavery, they, if you ask them later, they might have preferred you just killed them. Instead of selling them into slavery. It was not fun. You know, there was, there was uh, a lot that was bad. You know, I mean, you're at somebody else's mercy. They sold him into slavery. He winds up in Potiphar's house. But he keeps his heart right. You, you know, I have to, I have to, you may not have ex- exact scripture for that. But honestly, you see by the, his actions, he was a man of integrity. He was a man who walked the walk and talked the talk. He came and rose to the top. In Potiphar's house. Oh, everything's looking great. Suddenly, trouble's on the horizon. Potiphar's wife accuse him, accuses him of an attempt to assault her. So he winds up in jail. Well, that doesn't look too wonderful either. He didn't let go of the God that he knew. And so what happens? He rises to prominence in jail. Until one day he's out because he's able to interpret a dream of Pharaoh. He comes out. He rises. I mean, he's... He, he, Put right in the top right away. Let me tell you, this is what he said when he, when he got to his brothers. And his brothers, you know, realized who he was. In verse 20 says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Now, some people will take that and say, Well, see, God meant it with this underlying, intimidating statement that somehow God orchestrated it. No, I really believe that what this means is that God turned it. No matter what these, these natural men did to him, God was able to take what they did, and he was able to turn it into something really, really good. So it doesn't matter what situation you're in, even when it concerns people. Well, no matter what somebody means, means evil for you, God will take it, turn it to good. Now, in the middle of all that, would Joseph have been able to say that? Had he not kept his heart right? Had he not kept his integrity? Had he not kept his work ethic? I don't know. I don't think so. 
See, those are areas that we can use to, to kind of sabotage the goodness that God wants to put in our lives. Keep your heart right. Keep your attention on the Word. Keep your trust in Him. Do what needs to be done. Walk in integrity. No matter what the situation is, God will always bring you to the top with a great testimony to come out of it. See what, see what the enemy meant for harm? God turned it to good. Hallelujah. Don't feel sorry for yourself. There is never any implication here that Joseph ever felt sorry for himself. You do so much harm to yourself by getting into a victim mentality. Listen, the person that God wants to bless, the current person that God wants to see walk in goodness is not a victim. You're not a victim. You'll never be a victim unless you see yourself that way. But he didn't. And so he walked in the fullness. It took a little time to get there, but hey, what's a little time? To see God work it out and God bring you to the top. It's nothing. Hallelujah. Um, Let's see. Let's just go through some scriptures here. Starting in Psalm 23. Because David knew all about how good God was. Psalm 23. A man under the old covenant who had no concept of just how good God could be to somebody he would call child, my offspring, the one that I love, the one who's part of me. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, 13. We've talked about this one already. I would have... It says in the, in, the, in the regular King James, says, I had fainted. Another version in the, in the New King James says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. While I'm here, not when I get to the sweet by and by, but while I'm here. Hallelujah. Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear them, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye he saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Hallelujah. Psalm 52, verse 1. Why boasted thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Amen. Let's see, that was 52. Let's go to 65, 4. Blessed is the man whom you choose and causes to approach unto thee that they may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even of your holy temple. God wants to satisfy you. And the only thing that says, you ever been through the kitchen? You know, I, sometimes when I'm at home, you know, there's just, I go through the kitchen and just try to nibble this and nibble that and nibble the other just to find something that satisfies. 
Listen, you don't have to look far when you're looking at the goodness of God to know that you're satisfied. But some people are looking for something good in all the wrong places. And they never find, never come to a place where they experience how good he is because his goodness is the thing that will satisfy that. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 84, 11. Hallelujah. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The uprightly is the righteous. Got any righteous people in here tonight? No good thing will he withhold from you. Hallelujah. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't this wonderful? That this psalm is just so good. First five verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies, there's that word again, satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's a great deal of satisfaction when you experience the goodness of God. It is that one thing that just is like, yes, that's it. That's, that, that's it. That's it. I don't have to look any further. That's it. Glory to God. In Psalm 119, verse 68 You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Hallelujah. You know, it's talking about the fact that God is a good God is something that we we talk about often. But let me tell you, it's a truth that's assailed by this world and this life often. And you need to be so firmly established. You need to be, you need to just rehearse it. You know, you didn't learn your multiplication tables after going through them one time. You went through them over and over and over and over. The basics have to be gone back to time and time and time and time again. Because, listen, that's where we live. Our lives are are rooted and grounded in the basics that God has for us, in the basics of who he is, his character, his nature, his desire, his unfailing drive to get goodness into our lives. It's there. It's available. It's yours. You need to expect it. You need to expect it big and learn to walk in it big and share with people how big God is in your life so that he can be big in their lives. Hallelujah. Well, I'm done, and I'm done early. Hallelujah. I, you know, it just, just, I just, I was just really I aggravated that morning when I was listening to this guy, and I'm thinking, he, he made the statement, I, I, I'm a learner. I, I, love to, I love to learn. I'm thinking, there's some things we need, we need to help you learn because you're missing a basic truth, a basic truth that God is always good. If it's good, it's God. If it's not, it's not God. Now, ha- having said that, see, I, I'm like, Everybody else around here, just because you say you finished, doesn't necessarily mean you are. 
there are things that will come across your path that at first glance will look good. And you go, oh my, this is wonderful. Stop, listen. Because really, whether this was God or not, and it looks good, sounds good, but whether it's God or not, you better listen right here. Because there are times the enemy is going to take an opportunity to set you up with something that looks good. Because how do we know whether it was, whether it was really God or not? What was the end result of it? What was the end result? Did it bring blessing into my life? Did it bring growth in my life? Did it bring satisfaction in my life? You know, and there will be times when you, 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 you'll, you'll find yourself in a situation where you sit and you'll stop and you'll go, at the end of it, go, oh, well, I thought that was God. Listen, if you'll be sensitive right here at all times, you'll know whether this is a step you need to take or not, whether this is something you need to, need to walk further in. You know, I remember Brother Hagen talking about a story about how, you know, he was uh, tr- making the move to Tulsa and some businessmen came to him and wanted to, to uh, help him, you know, get established and tell him to do some things. And at the surface, it looked good. But right on the inside, somebody said, don't do it. Don't do it. And there was questions of man like, well, why not? You know, but he followed that inward man. And as it turned out, those people had ulterior motives. So listen, always, always, always be mindful of the man on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God wants nothing but good for you, and he wants the end result to be totally and completely At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.